Good morning, everyone. It's a privilege to be with you folks in more than one way. Um, many of you know that uh, we had a stroke in November last year, and it has been a tremendous uh, haul to get to the point where we are right now. And we do want to thank the believers here for praying for us. And I want to just give you an update as to what has happened recently. Um, about two months ago, they did an MRI of the brain, and it showed a massive blood clot in various areas of the brain. Part of the brain was not getting any blood whatsoever. Um, the juggler vein was completely plugged, as well as areas of the brain. And then I had a MRI about two weeks ago, and last Friday, uh, the neurologist, uh, we had a visit with him, and he compared the MRI from two months ago to the one two weeks ago. And he came into the room just shaking his head. He can't believe what's going on in there. He says, there are areas of your brain that was completely plugged. There's no sign of thrombosis whatsoever. There's still areas that need to be uh, opened up. He says there's areas of, that have been completely plugged have now been opened up, and we praise God for that, and, and I want to thank you for praying for me in that way. Now, this morning, we're going to talk about the resurrection, and before I do that, I want to just welcome those that have joined us online. I know some from South Africa are watching us this, this, this evening, their time, and we want to welcome them, and there are some folks from our gym that we had hoped would show up today, but I don't know if they're here, but some of them might be uh, joining up, and and it's good to see Malcolm's brother. Um, when I first saw him, I've never met him before, and I thought, wow, those antibiotics are really working good. <laughs> he's, he's looking really great. Then I realized it wasn't him. So, sorry, Malcolm, I know you're out there somewhere. You're still good looking, brother, I know that. But this morning, uh, I want to talk about what we've gone through the last year. I want to talk about also how it means something to us in the way of the resurrection. And you know, we have been going through one of the craziest years in my history that I could ever remember, and I'm sure many of you older ones here as well will never be able to think of a time when we've gone through this last time. But, but things are looking up. Springtime is in the air, and more than any other year, people are slowly emerging from the craziest winter ever. Now, I know here in South Florida, we don't really have the seasons. We don't have the nasty weather. I understand that, but you're privileged here. Most of North America has gone through some difficult times. Lockdowns and isolation uh, has taken its toll on the whole planet. Everywhere in the world has gone through this tragic time that we're going through. But people had hope. People believed. People had hope for better days. And, and, and we see this emerging even in these weeks that are just bef- before us. But what does springtime symbolize? Well, for months, much of our country has been in a sleep in the death of winter. You go back up north where we're from in Canada and Ontario and many of the northern states as well. Barren fields leafless trees have all been waiting for life to emerge 
from death. And this is a picture of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. People are hoping for a resurrection. They have hope that things will improve. They have hope of this. But I want us just to consider something, my friend, this morning. I want you to consider a hypothetical possibility. There's an unthinkable question, and I want you just to think about this today. What if, what if Christ did not rise from the dead? What if Christ did not actually rise from the dead? Think about the ramifications. And Kelvin was going on this morning. Where is he now? He was going on. He's back there. I thought he was going to preach my sermon the way he was going in 1 Corinthians 15. I'm glad he slowed down. What if Christ did not rise from the dead? What if there was no resurrection? No Easter? No spring, no hope, no future beyond this life. This is it, folks. This is as good as it gets, if that's really what happened. And death had conquered and won the victory. What a terrible, tragic thought for us to think about, that if Christ had not rose from the dead, death had won and got the victory. Today we want to look at the importance of the resurrection. Now, if Jesus had not risen from the dead, there are six tragic things would then be true. And the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, he contemplates the possibility, the hypothetical uh, idea that if Christ did not rise from the dead, what does that actually mean to you and to me today? In the world that we live in. We're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And uh, I'm just going to read just a number of verses here. You can follow along. I'm reading from the old King James. I know it's old, but it's good. And if you like the new ones, let's go ahead. But this is the one the Apostle Paul used. <laughs> now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you? that there is no resurrection of the dead. But if there is, but if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain. And your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up. If so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. You are still in your sins. Then they also which are asleep, or fallen asleep in Christ, are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable or most to be pitied. I want to talk about in this way. The first tragic thing that hits me, if Christ is not risen from the dead, preaching would be in vain. I'm wasting my time here. 
And you're wasting your time listening to me. You see, that's bad news for me. If preaching is in vain, that is bad news for me. Why? On August 18, 1975, I was 16 years of age. And I came to faith in Christ. That was 46 years ago. And when I heard the message of the gospel, I thought, if this message is true, I'm going to spend the rest of my life telling others about Jesus. Gospel preaching became a a passion for me. I took my summer holidays as a young man and went preaching the gospel in, in a tent. And sometimes as I got older, I took my family, sometimes to some wild, crazy places. And that's why I'm in a wheelchair today, because we went to a village in Africa to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if Christ is still in the grave, my entire life, with its sacrifices, is empty and fruitless and an absolute waste of time. I've wasted my life. And so has everyone else who spends their life preaching the gospel if Christ is not risen from the dead. We've wasted our life. Well, that's bad news for me. But faith would be in vain. And that's bad news for you. You see, faith is no better than its object. If we believed that Christ rose from the dead, and he didn't, doesn't matter how much you believe. It doesn't matter. You might as well have faith in the spaghetti monster because that's as um, as, as much potent and as much power to, to, to give you forgiveness as a Christ that did not rise from the dead. Faith is no better than its object. And you know, you can spend your life believing in something and have as much faith as you can possibly muster up to have faith in that something. But if that thing that you have faith in is not worthy of your faith, your faith is vain. And that's what we're teaching here. If Christ is not risen from the dead, it doesn't matter if you have faith in him. You're lost anyways. It's in vain. Faith is no better than its object. Your faith in Jesus Christ is worth nothing if he is still in the grave. And number three is this. The third tragic thing that that is would be real if Christ was not risen from the dead is that the disciples would be deceivers. Just think about that. The disciples were active deceivers. Now that's bad news for secular history. Secular history will tell you this, that those apostles, they invented this story of Jesus raising from the dead. They knew he was dead. But they wanted to propagate this law for whatever reason, starting a new religion or maybe money reasons or political power, whatever it was. They, they, if, if Christ is not risen and they taught that he was risen when they knew he wasn't, They would be deceivers. They would be out actively 
destroying people's lives because they would be deceiving them, teaching them a lie, teaching them something that's not true. But you know what? That's bad news for secular history because that doesn't make sense whatsoever. You see, if the 12 12 apostles were promoting a lie, why did they all sacrifice their lives for it? Why did every single one of those apostles give their lives in martyrdom? A man may live for a lie, but nobody in his right mind would die for a lie. You see, how ridiculous would it be to think that if I knew that Christ didn't rise from the dead, if I knew it, And I taught and preached to people that he did rise from the dead, knowing that I'm deceiving them. Now, I might go on for my lifetime doing that until it started to get really tough. And for me to believe that lie, I was going to sacrifice my life as a martyr. Now, who would be foolish to do that for a lie? And every single one of those apostles gave their life, not for a lie, but for some amazing truth that became a reality in their lives. The disciples would be deceivers. Now, that's not true. They're not. The disciples were tortured, persecuted, and died as martyrs. That's evidence that these men were not deceivers. They were true believers in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The fourth tragic thing that would be real in our lives if Christ did not rise from the dead is that sin would be sovereign. Now that's bad news for sinners. That's very bad news. Just think what it would be like. You know, I think of that wonderful hymn. My sin, oh the bliss of that glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, was nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. What a wonderful day it was for me. Sitting in that little gospel hall in Vancouver, Canada, as a young man lost in his sins, burdened by his his guilt, looking for relief from 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 his sin, and he was presented with the Savior. He was presented with one who bled and died at Calvary's cross so that I could be forgiven, so that I could have so that I could have the righteousness that Christ had. He clothed me with it because he took my guilt upon the cross and I took his righteousness. That was the transaction that took place. And when God looks down from heaven today, he looks upon me not in my sins, but he sees me in Christ. Sin would be sovereign. That's bad news for sinners. There'd be no born again birthdays for you. No forgiveness. No, no clear conscience. How could we go through life? If Christ is not risen, you are still in your sins. Do you remember the day you got saved? Some of you maybe was over a period of time when the realization of this took place in your heart. But... 
you're going to listen to a guy tonight, Larry Price. And he'll tell you the very moment he trusted Christ and the radical change that took place in his life and the joy that filled his heart. He was a prisoner, man. He was a, he was a bad dude. And God saved him and changed his life. And I was going the same road. I was 12 years old and I was on 12 months probation for breaking and entering and theft. That's the route I was going. But thank God there's good news for sinners. Sin would be sovereign if Christ wasn't risen from the dead. The hope of forgiveness and salvation would be just a fantasy. Just think of those poor, depressed souls in the world today. They're looking for an answer to their guilt. They're looking for a reason for living. They want a purpose for their life. And once they come to Christ, that is all answered. That's what happened to me when I trusted the Savior many years ago. But if Christ was not risen from the... There's no hope for people out there. No hope. They're lost. They're still in their sins. The hope of forgiveness and salvation would be a fantasy. And another thing, there would be no divine justice. You see, I think of these evil, evil people that market in human beings. They'll kidnap a little child and sell it in the sex trade. And just think of the suffering that has gone on in this world in that whole human trafficking thing. And the people that propagate it. If Christ is still in the grave, they'll get away with it. There's no justice. But thank God today, He is risen from the dead. And sin will be dealt with. It will be judged. And justice will prevail. And regardless, you know, you look around this world and you just shake your hand and there's just no justice here. Rich guys got good lawyers and they can get off for nothing, you know, and they're guilty of sin. It's coming to an end. It'll catch up to them. Maybe not in this planet, but it will catch up to them. The bad guys win. Death would have dominion. That's tragedy number five. That's bad news for the bereaved. You see, Jesus came to this earth and he defeated death and rose from the the grave so that we too can have victory over death. My late parents who became believers later in life after I trusted the Lord, I had hoped we're in heaven. But if Christ is still in the grave, so are they. Many of you have loved ones who have been faithful servants of God, have lived for Him and have have given their life for Him and, and have served Him well and their days have come to an end. And lovingly, they were placed into the ground with the hope that one day they'll rise from the dead. 
But you know, my friend, if Christ isn't risen from the dead, they'll never rise. The bodies in that grave be consumed by worms and they'll just be like a dog. No hope, no life, no resurrection. Death would have dominion. Death would have conquered. And my last thought is this. The future would be fearful. And that's bad news for everybody. You know, we have, we have hope for the future, don't we? We have thought of better days. We know it's going to be better. And we know that because Christ is risen from the dead. If Christ be not risen from the dead, we have no hope, no joy, and no future. Now, the Apostle Paul raised a hypothetical question. What if Christ was still in the grave? And the terrible ramifications emphasized the importance of the resurrection. The wonderful news is found in verse 20. I didn't read that. I saved that for the, the end. And it goes like this. But now Christ is risen from the dead. Now that's wonderful news. Because all those bad things that we thought could possibly have come about, it's impossible now. Because there's a tomb that is empty. He is risen from the dead. And, and he's, in, he's in heaven today. He's seated on his throne of authority. And he has got everything under control. We can be so thankful this morning. You know what? Preaching in faith in the gospel is not vain. It still changes lives today. And it's real. The disciples are not deceivers, and sin is not sovereign, and death has been defeated, and the future is bright. Why? Because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. May God bless you this morning, this Easter morning. And if if in this meeting this morning you've discovered that you have not really been a believer in Christ... I'm going to invite you this morning just to simply bow your head with me and just pray these words. I'm just going to tell you what to say, but only say them if you mean them. And it'll be a prayer like this. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a guilty sinner. I know you bled and died at the cross for me. And I want to receive you this morning as my Savior. Come into my heart and come into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Our Father, we bow in your presence this morning. And we want to thank you once again for the Lord Jesus. We're thankful that he's a victor. A mighty victor over the grave. And we're thankful, Father, that the fact that he rose from the dead proved that, that you were satisfied with his work. And when he cried those famous words on the cross, it is finished. And he bowed his head and dismissed his spirit. And we know now that that work was satisfied. That work was completed. And he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. And so this morning, our Father, we just pray for your blessing upon us. And if there's someone here that 
needs to be saved, we ask by your spirit that you'll convict them and bring them to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen.